You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Aftermath Podcast. I am your host, Christopher Tenpenny, joined with my co-host, CJ Jones. CJ, free agency is got through the bulk of it, man. What a wild ride. Hey, we haven't talked to Chiefs Kingdom in a while, Chris. They probably forgot what our voices sound like. <laughs> hey, hey, you got to let the moves progress. If, you, if, we, if we came on here and talked about every little thing every week, like, no one's going to listen. No one's going to care. It would be a little annoying. We got to no we gotta let give y'all a little break. Build. Give y'all some let some, time. let some things build up. But how you been? How you been enjoying this free agency? Hey man, God, God is great. We've made some good moves. We've had a lot of departures, a lot of departures. We've had some additions to the team, and we've seen some other teams in the division try to bulk up and try to, you know, try to combat us and try to come match up our talent. But overall, I think it's been for me. I think it's been a good free agency so far. I think we've made some good moves. So I'm, I'm yeah. proud of what we did so far. Same. I've got I've got no big complaints. Like you said, we've lost a lot of guys, um, you know, and some guys would have liked to keep around. But, you know, overall, I think the Chiefs are still in a good position. And I'm going to be real. I'm always on the side with as long as 15 and 87 are taking plays from Big Red. Like, you know, the rest of we're just nitpicking at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I love Chiefs Kingdom because they literally <laughs> – I love how passionate our fan base is. They argue about every little thing from Goodness. the construction to who we to shine for how much money. And I love the passion and I, lo- and I love the the focus and the intensity that Chiefs Kingdom brings on social media every day. But like Chris just said, enjoy the moment and calm down, guys. We're still right. the defending champs. We have a lot more work to do. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Shout out to my man Chuck. He always tells me that. <laughs> and the draft, unfortunately, is still a month away, Chris. It feels oh like it's gosh, yeah. Yeah. still got a whole month. So everybody just calm down and relax. Right. And that's all most people are going to be talking about here in a week. So after a couple more moves potentially happen. But let's start with some of the let's start with some of the guys that we that the Chiefs have brought in this offseason. Let's start with the positive and then uh, maybe we'll get to our goodbyes on some of these guys. But <laughs> um I think I think we can all agree the biggest moves, especially on need and just price was the Chiefs brought in Juwan Taylor, offensive tackle from Jacksonville. Gave him a four-year, $80 million deal saying goodbye to OBJ. Uh, what, what was your thought when you saw that the Chiefs were giving that money to this kind of player? I mean, given the situation, we talked about it on our last pod before this one, that there were those are the three scenarios. We said Orlando could possibly get tagged. We could re-sign to an extension, or we may just let him walk. I didn't think we would. I thought he would have saw the market. And of seeing what we offered him was a decent price, but unfortunately we couldn't come to, to an agreement on a number, and we let him test free agency, and now he's a Cincinnati Bengal. Being we're recording this episode, what three, four weeks after what we said <laughs> during that last episode, a lot has changed since then. But uh, as far as Jawan Taylor, um, I like his tape. Obviously, we played the Jaguars twice last year, uh, both games being at home, so we're very familiar with their team. We're very familiar with their scheme, and obviously we know Doug Peterson is co- and his coaching uh, prowess because he's similar coming from the Andy Reid tree. So it run a lot of similar concepts and designs from what our, we do here in Kansas City. So uh, from an athletic standpoint, I think it's an upgrade from speed because when you look at Orlando's feet, he's a bigger guy, obviously. He's um, more of like a run blocking type, so more physical guy. So I think from a pass setting standpoint, I think Jawan Taylor would be an upgrade in that. And Jawan Taylor, I know people have their doubts, but he did play left tackle in college. So it's not like he's never done it before. So you're not going to pay a guy 80 mil who's not had any experience playing left tackle. So obviously – 
he's came into some emergency situations when he's been in Jacksonville, but most of his career has been done on the right side, trying to protect the, the quarterbacks they've had down there, IEB and Trevor Lawrence. But um, I think it's an upgrade in certain areas. People could have their doubts about where they think Jawan can truly make the transition, but I'm not going to doubt Coach Andy Heck, man. He's one of the best in the business. He's well-respected. And if him and Vigil like this guy and they think he can make the transition, from what I've seen ability-wise, I think he can make the the seamless transition. And from a schematic standpoint, I think it's going to be easier for him given the uh, terminology of our offense and the Jacksonville offense. Yeah, I, I like the move too. You know, I, I really am surprised that OBJ, they didn't get a franchise tag. That's where I really thought it was going to happen because it just felt like there was never going to be a long-term deal. And it felt like the Chiefs may have tried to buy an extra year before making that decision, but they just decided to cut ways early, um, get move on and, you know, bring in Juwan, which is just the OBJ 2.0. You know, they found the new right tackle on the market to move over to the left tackle, like what they did with Orlando Brown. So my only thing is it, it feels like a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I'm nitpicking here because it was a need. I think they brought in the best of their options if they weren't going to bring OBJ in. So maybe you had to overpay and give that, 20 mil a year kind of contract. But that's my only hesitation just because it is an unknown, hasn't played a lot of left tackle, a little bit high on money, but overall, like, like I said, nitpicking, like getting into, you know, this, this defending Super Bowl champs, I think they're, we're allowed to, uh, you know, get a little trust bit of them. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. but overall, I like, it. I think it's going to be working. It opens really only keeps one open spot uh, on the line now and right tackle. And I think they're going to try to get loot. Lucas Niang has shot at that. They may bring in another depth guy um, for some competition, but the line, you know, with those interior three guys and now, now with Taylor left tackle, like you're feeling good about the line again, going into the next season. Absolutely. I know everybody, it's a, and I know everybody has their doubts and their, their issue with saying, Oh, we're doing this again. Like what Chris <laughs> said, bringing the right tackle over. But like, again, guys, Andy Heck is so well-respected across the league. I don't think people realize how much, cachet and how much pull he really has and people really respect his mind his brain and obviously his coaching prowess in the league so he's brought a lot of alignment through this um through this team through this organization and made them look better than they probably should have looked in a lot of other organizations so if him and if him and veach approve this move and they think they can make this kid a left tackle for us i'm going to trust them and obviously from what we've seen um from and that from like just like the way he's built obviously he's a slimmer guy compared to orlando um so in a run heavy offense orlando was built better for what baltimore did Coming into our offense, obviously we passed the ball a lot. And Orlando was correct in his statement he made on um, NFL Live when he did his interview saying a left tackle position for the Chiefs is arguably the hardest job in the NFL at left tackle because you're protecting Patrick Mahomes and he holds on to the ball. But like Chris said, for the market and for what we gave him, it was kind of the guy that was best available. And I kind of tell people this, would you rather have a, a rookie coming in or would you rather have a veteran who's been in this league who at least knows how to play in those big moments? So it's a it's a give and take. But like we said, I trust Veach. I, I trust Andy Heck with anybody. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it with Wiley. I've seen him do it with Allegretti. I've seen him do it with Eric Fisher. So I, if there's anybody that can make this move and make this happen, it's, it's Coach Andy Heck. So I'm going to give him props for sure. For sure, yeah. You, you got to trust these guys again. You, Absolutely. We, Absolutely. We, can't, we can't be too – we can't try to get – overthink it. We can't try to think we know better than, you know, three Super Bowl three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl <laughs> over the last four years. So, like, let's let's not overthink it. Let's let's see – let's wait and see the product before we rush into a full-on, you know, if you're against the move. Like, you know, 40% of Cheese Kingdom is. That might be a little high, but, you know, there's always naysayers out there. Exactly. Let's get to the second biggest move as far as money goes, and that is getting some depth on that defensive line with Frank yes. Clark gone, Colin Saunders gone, bringing in Charles 
Omen Nihu? I, I still don't know how to say his name. We're going to get it right, guys. We're going to get it right. I still don't know how to say his name. We're trying to get it right. We're gonna, if it, we pronounce it wrong, being me, I'll apologize. I'll apologize. Oh, my gosh. Which is not which is not a great thing when that is the second, probably biggest signing, again, especially if you're going off money. But, like, still, this is another depth guy coming from the 49ers. And if you haven't heard of this guy before, it's because the – Niners pump out <laughs> defensive linemen, and this is another one of those guys, just a tall, long, lanky guy who uh, fits perfectly into spag schemes. And CJ, you and I were talking a little bit off air, like this guy's Carlos Dunlap. He's built like Carlos Dunlap. All over again. He's six five, six six, long arms. I think he weighs about like two fifty. He can play multiple spots. I've seen him play three tech. He plays five on the edge. And like Chris said, if you if anybody pays attention, if you're a real football junkie. The 49ers have arguably – I don't know too many teams that have had a better D-line rotation than them the last three – four years since we played them in the Super Bowl in 2019. Yeah. These are some of the names that have came through their building. Joey Bosa uh, – not sorry, Nick Bosa, sorry. <laughs> he came through that building. We're struggling <laughs> uh, with names yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> the Forrest Buckners came through that building. Uh, Teron Armstead, Greenlaw, obviously Drake Jackson this year, and obviously like Charles. Like They've had so many D-linemen come through that building and have had produced – and guys that have went on to get bigger contracts and go on to produce for other organizations as well. So if there's anybody that knows how to coach Dean Lyman and scout him, it's obviously John Lynch and the 49ers organization. So obviously Veach and, and Joe Colin saw something that they liked in Charles. And if any of you remember from our playoff game or games we had against the Houston Texans, he gave us a couple of issues and got some pressures on Pat. So he's a versatile guy that could definitely, like like Chris said, he's a classic Classic definition of what Spags want. Long arms, physical, a versatile guy that can play multiple positions, play inside and out, has a motor. He gets to the quarterback, and he has great technique. So this is definitely a great signing. I'm very excited about this move for sure. He's essentially the – Yeah, he's essentially the Frank Clark replacement on exactly. that D-line. Is that, that's where he's going to be. Um, you know, and you're going to get another year from Karloftis. You're going to – you can argue that, you know, I don't know what to expect from him come playoff time because that was Frank's time. But regular season, I actually expect a lot more productivity um, from Charles. I'm going to just keep calling him Charles because I can say that part of his name, <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you know, come this round. So I like it. It's kind of a sneaky, sneaky signing because, again, he kind of gets lost in the sauce with that, that 49ers group. But um, really, really excited to see him get be essentially a starter and get those snaps and um, really hoping that he has, you know, career year this year. That would be huge for the Chiefs on that D line just to kind of keep up, pick up where they left off because they really start surprising people with their play last year. Absolutely. No, this, this is going to be an exciting year. We've, we made some, uh, we lost some guys in the D line room, but we've also brought a lot of guys back. We brought in obviously Derek Nottie re-signed with us and obviously we re-signed Tershawn Warden, AKA Turk. So brought him back as well. Brought back Charles. Obviously it's another year for, um, uh, Mike Dana, obviously George, mm-hmm. second year, sophomore year, we expect a big jump. Chris Jones is Chris Jones. And I was telling Chris off air, hopefully around like camp, maybe we can bring a guy like Carlos Dunlap back for another year. And obviously he's a veteran. He's older. He doesn't right. really want to go through OTAs and mini camp. He's a guy that's done all that for so many years. So I would give him that grace and give him time off to enjoy his family, enjoy being a Super Bowl champ. And <laughs> hopefully he can stay in shape. And <laughs> if we get around August, we can pick up the phone and say, hey, Carlos, you want to give us another shot? And come in and do it again. That would be a great signing. But so far, so good. I think the D-line and, and uh, Reach have done a great job setting that room up for the draft April 27th. So uh, I, I'm definitely like what the movie made so far. Yeah, it really feels like it, it's one body away, maybe two. One or two bodies yeah, away, right. not starting bodies, too. I think you feel good about who's no, probably going to be right. starting. But uh, one or two death pieces, and you don't even have to worry about the D-line. Whether you get that from a veteran guy or spend a third or fourth round pick on a D-lineman, like 
I'm on board with either or, you know, whatever, whatever they see fit. You can never Uh, have enough D lineman, Chris. Right, right. And they can never. It's always that rotational position. Two other guys the Chiefs have brought in is they brought in linebacker Drew Tank. Tranquil, man, we are struggling with names today, man. Los Angeles Chargers linebacker, as well as they brought in Mike Edwards, safety from the Bucks. Like, those are some good depth pieces that are probably going to get a couple spot starts just because you know football so violent. Like, I love both of these signings as some depth pieces. Me too. Drew Tranquil had a career year last year, 100 plus tackles. Obviously, led the Chargers um, in tackles for what they did. And he's a versatile guy that can come. Another guy. And this is in the credit to Veach, man. He's finding the guys that that Spags loves. And Drew Trey, mm-hmm. the definition of what Spags wants at linebacker. He can play Mike. He can play Sam, play Will. You can put him at the star position if you have – you want to do like a three-linebacker uh, look and put him in the slot. If you want to go big dime, you want to have him and Nick be on the field at the same time. This is a definition. And he played safety in college. So he's a guy that obviously got bigger in size as he grew in his career. But his speed is still there. He's very fast. And if you remember the Chargers games, he, he blitzed us a couple of times and got in the backfield. So mm-hmm. he's an explosive guy. Obviously, he can play multiple positions. And, you know, any any guy that's on the Spags defense, he prides himself on guys being versatile. And versatility right. is the definition of Drew Tranquil. So um, I love this signing. Um, it's a dev piece, like Chris said. It wasn't expensive at all. A guy that knows our team well. He plays hard. And I love the versatility he's going to bring to this team. And obviously, coming into the season last year, we were worried about our linebacking core. And uh, now. Me and didn't know like what was Leo Chanel going to give us is Willie Gay going to step up this year and who was going to be the third guy if if one of the guys didn't work out but Nick Bolton had an all pro type of year in my opinion he should have been second team all pro but that's another conversation <laughs> so we brought in Drew Tranquil um, I think Willie's going to be in a contract year so I expect him to play hard and obviously Leo Chanel second year in the system well he's only going to get better this is arguably one of the more underrated linebacking cores in the league in my opinion just because you have so much speed and versatility with different guys and Nick Bolton's leadership and his brain. Obviously he can recognize with fronts and coverages and so fast. So I'm very, I'm very excited for this linebacking group. It's a, it's a lot of excitement in that group that we haven't had in a long time, Chris. Right. Yeah. This defense, like it's a, it's a star in Chris Jones and then a lot of quality pieces around. There may not be another star. We'll mm-hmm. see what, you know, Trent, Trent McDuffie's probably the best option or Nick Bolton, but it's hard to be a star. Yeah, as sure. a linebacker. Trent McDuffie's probably the best option to see, you know, obviously he's not there, but it's really a, a star in Chris Jones and a bunch of quality death guys. It's kind of scary how, how good this defense is looking, man. Absolutely. It's really making me think like, what the heck are the Chiefs going to do on, on draft day? They got all these picks, but they already have all this depth everywhere. Like there's, uh, there's one position and we'll get into it a little bit that they obviously need, need some depth added to. Um, but otherwise, I mean, it's just, it's just the rich get richer. And we have and adding Mike Edwards to the safety. Of course, lost one Thornhill to the Cleveland Browns, but you've been grooming Brian cook this last year, who got a lot of playing time and, had his ups and downs, but was really playing good ball down the stretch. He can kind of take over that starting spot on the cheap. And if he doesn't succeed, now you got a, a veteran safety who's been on some good defenses himself and Mike Edwards. So, like, man, I, I just – I really, really, really like what the Chiefs have done on the defensive side. Like, zero complaints over the last two years on what the Chiefs have done defensively. Absolutely. Veach has done everything right you could ask this offseason. You get younger in all those areas. 
that you needed up front. Obviously, we got younger with Drew Tranquil. We obviously brought in Frank Clark, replacement being Charles, a younger guy as well. So Mike Edwards is a veteran, a guy that's been in big moments. He played for the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl when we played him. Um, actually, he's a guy that's one of the higher interception rated safeties in football in the last four years. So he's been in good defenses. He's played for Todd Bowles. We know how good their defenses have been. Uh, he plays a lot of free safety. He's a great middle of the field guy. He can He's rangy. He can play deep third, which will I, I like the reason I like this move the most, Chris, because it makes it allows Justin and Brian Cook to play their natural positions, which is more so in the box. Obviously, we would like Brian to be a guy that can play deeper in the safety because obviously we want to draft him to be a guy that can play multiple spots. Because like we said, versatility is what Spags appreciates the most. But I love Mike Edwards being in this position because for one, he's a veteran, like Chris said. He's been in every big moment you could ask for. He's been in the Super Bowl. He's winning against every receiving core you could ask for. So putting him in this position, putting him in this division, he's not going to be phased by our schedule because he's seen all these guys anyway. And now you can allow Justin Reed to be that big safety we want to go dime. If you want to go nickel and you want to have three safety looks, you can bring in Byron Cook as well. So I love the way the safety room is looking just because, like Chris said, we have a balance of youth. We have veterans, guys that have been in big moments, and everybody can't say they haven't seen a Super Bowl ring on their finger. So this, right. this safety room is looking real good so far, Chris. I do think they will take a, another safety in the draft, maybe late. Absolutely, absolutely. Late Any of the rooms we mentioned, for sure. Yeah. I I don't, linebacker, I really don't see them picking. Um, I think we're pretty set there. If they do, it might be one. They have a ton of sevenths, you know, maybe one of theirs. But, mm-hmm. um, gosh, I, I just keep thinking of this defense. Like, I don't – and this team in general, and it just it blows my mind how there are how there are so many naysayers online. I mean, that's what just shows how bad Twitter is. It's like you look at this team top to bottom, and like there's there's obviously a couple holes, a couple things you would like to see get better. Specifically, we'll just say it: the receiving core. But even there, it's like you're one body away from feeling really good about that, depending on who that body is, maybe right tackle. You have some issues, but when the other four appear to be locked up, like, I don't know, man, I don't know how you can look at this team and like feel bad. You can maybe not agree with everything, but how can you feel bad about the team? The chiefs have right now. Chris said it. He took the words out of my mouth. He said it was for I understand Chiefs Kingdom. There are certain moves we all want. And right, like right. we're never all gonna agree. But one thing we can all agree is on this offseason, Veach has done a masterful job. Oh my gosh, yes. At good value and getting younger, which we know that's the name of the game since this roster's been put together for the last four years. We've been winning with younger guys getting big contracts off the books I outside of our big three, big four, if you want to count Joe Tooney, because he's going to be a big a big cap hit. Right, right, yeah. But as far as the other position, we found good value in everybody we brought onto this team, whether it be a veteran or a young guy. So you can't I, – I, Chris, I don't know how why people are doubting Beach. I don't know what more he needs to do. Maybe he needs to win three Super Bowls in, in five years. I don't know what more they want to see. Let's do it. But, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm on board. Maybe, I'm for it, Maybe right. then you'll give them some slack. So, But, no, I mean, Beach has done everything correct. Obviously, there's two positions, like Chris said, we want to address before the draft. And not necessarily, and I think that's the name that that or that's the word that kind of gets misconstrued, whether it be sports talk radio in Kansas City or maybe social media or your local barbershops or whatever. People confuse need, Chris, with want. Mm-hmm. Like you may want a certain player to come on your team, and I'm sure most people would agree with you, but we don't necessarily need that player. Right. Those are two different phrases out the words I think people need to pay attention to when you see players' names or guys that are available on the market that we could draft or IE trade for. I think those are two words that people need to pay attention to. Right. And that's where the Chiefs are right now. I there there isn't really a need. Anyway, exactly. Even even right tackle and receiver. I, I don't really feel like it's a need. 
No, I agree. Like we don't okay, have yeah. to sign certain guys. You would right. like to give guys the opportunity if they're available at the right price, but I'm not going to overpay and reach for a guy when I know I have this draft. Like Chris said, we have 10 picks, 11 picks actually. So right. we don't necessarily have to reach for a guy in free agency. I know we want to sign guys. Trust me. I want them too. But if anybody deserves some credit or deserves lack of awareness or not, not lack of awareness, but trust, why wouldn't it be Veach in this front office when it comes to the draft? We just hit on multiple players that are going to be starters for us for the next five years. So why wouldn't you mm-hmm. allow them to do that again? So. Right. Um, we did forget to talk about one signing. My favorite. Nick oh, Allegretti coming back, man. I love you some Nick Allegretti. in the league, baby. Dude, best six lineman. Like, honestly, you mean you need a, you need an interior lineman because someone's got, got hurt. Nick Allegretti, man. I love, love, Depth signings, <laughs> right. I love that. dude. Oh, honestly, is- like if if you end in a pinch for whatever reason, because if I think they're going to address the right tackle, and maybe we shouldn't be talking about this, but if, I think they're going to address the right tackle. But say they don't, and Lucas Nian gets hurt, you move Taylor over to right tackle, you slide kick Tooney out to left, and slide Allegretti in the left guard. <laughs> yeah, I hope that doesn't happen, but like that's just how versatile this offensive line is right now. Absolutely. With them, probably add someone here. Like, absolutely, I don't know. I, I again, I, my whole point on this is just I feel really good about this Chiefs team, and there's really only been a few. They've lost a lot of players and only brought in a few, and it's like, man, I still, I'm still it's looking at this really roster. Good. Like, damn. There's so Damn. many options, man. And, and like it's it's been the same theme all year, which I think that's why it's so funny when I interact with Chiefs fans, whether it be throughout the city or some that call my phone or I interact on social media with. We only made like three moves this offseason, <laughs> and we still have the whole draft to go. Oh and like, my gosh. when it gets to the draft, there's only really two spots we really are at the top of our obviously edge was one of our needs, but we 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 solidified that with Charles. We obviously can add depth. And you always want to have more guys. But as of right now, if we start a football game today, our D-line group would be would be set and ready to roll. Obviously, we just now the two biggest needs would be right tackle position. And Lucas Niang, just for everyone in Chiefs Kingdom to know, for people I interact with on Twitter, I'm not hating on Lucas Niang. I want <laughs> Lucas Niang to be our starter. But my process is, and I'm sure Chris will back me up. At least I hope he does. Don't make me look stupid, Chris. I'm not guaranteeing Lucas Niang the job. He's going to get an opportunity to start. Mm-hmm. He will be in camp, and I hope. My best, my, my biggest hope is that he practices consistently through the offseason because that was the biggest thing last year. He wasn't practicing. And I think people forget that. So if he's not practicing, how do I expect you to put you in the game? So obviously he had some snaps in the end of the game for like special teams and he was in on a trick play. And and like I said, I want Lucas. When Lucas Nguyen was healthy, he was really good. He was a legit starting right tackle in the National Football League. And I want him to be our right tackle. But I'm also going to be realistic. So coming into the camp, coming into OTAs, if he's healthy, of course he's going to get a chance to go out there and start. But when August comes around, Chris, and we're in St. Joseph, Missouri, trying to win our third Super Bowl in five years, I want Lucas Nian to be our tackle. But if a rookie comes in and take his spot, what was Pacheco's line that he said last year? <laughs> yeah, he's trying to take a grown man's job, right? If he come in and take a grown man's job, who am I to say no? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Dude, you, you nailed it. Like, hey, Nian's a third-round pick. He's a big guy. Yeah, like, <laughs> It'd be great if he was, and I think that's the Chiefs' plan. The Chiefs' current plan as of today is to try Lucas Niang out there. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that can change from, what is this, March 22nd and, you know, first week of September. So A lot of days, man. A lot of days. But, all right, let's. right, we've been teasing – not necessarily teasing, but we've been beating around enough. Let's yeah. talk about this wide receiver core. Let's talk about it because yeah, Juju's gone. 
McColl got signed by the Jets today for only oh, like, McColl, man. Like for only like uh, Maxi can make a six and a half mil, and so I don't even know what the base is yet. I don't know if that's been announced, exactly. but like, but like Juju got signed for pennies too, three for three for thirty-three, uh, eleven per year. Yeah, it was like yeah, three for thirty-three. We thought it was going to be three for thirty-six, so we weren't too far. We were off, but like, area, but yeah, but like still, like very affordable prices that these two guys came on and. Chiefs didn't budge. Chiefs did not bring them in, which means that they – first off, it tells me that the reports about how much they like Tony is true, which does scare me a little bit because I love Tony as well, but that man has not shown the ability to stay healthy. <laughs> so, so there are some concerns, but overall, what all that's on the roster right now is Tony, Tony MVS, Sky. and Sky, right? And Watson roster. hasn't been re-signed. Watson, not three, sorry. Marcus Kemp went to to Washington. Shout out to Eric Bieniemy. Juju, yep. Juju went to Juju went to New England, and and McColl went to the to the Jets. So there's only three wide receivers on the staff right now, and some of these good death pieces are gone. You know, like Thielen went to went to uh, Carolina. Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brandon Cooks yeah. got traded. Yep, Elijah Cowboys. Moore got traded today. A, some of these, guy. some of these options that would have been good depth pieces are slowly dwindling. And now on the, you look at the board, and there's like DJ Shark. DJ Shark is still out there. Yep. OBJ. OBJ. Who's asking for way too much money right now? Allegedly, he said is a lie. So. That's and everyone's saying. favorite conversation piece: DeAndre Hopkins down in yeah, Arizona. Baby. Which let's be honest, if, if Newt came to Kansas City, like we don't have to get in the numbers and, and conversation to give up for him, but Newt in Kansas City would be dirty. Yeah, so I'm gonna just tell you right now, me and you about to book this hotel in Vegas, buddy. I'm just we just get it out the way. Hey, buddy, oh my we'll, god! Cash up you the money. We'll we'll figure out the, the details later. Just, hey man, just lock up the room. We'll be there Friday, and it is what it is. We're ready to roll, dude. I I was. I don't want to say against it because I'm not. I, you can make anything work, but it wasn't something on my radar three to four weeks ago when we last That's recorded. Yeah. Everyone, it was getting buzzed. Everyone was talking. I was like, "There's a lot of other things we can do. Like maybe bring really? back Juju." Like as the options started to fall, and the more and more you look at how this team's constructed with the cap space and the depth, and you're like, "There's really only one glaring hole." And that's adding adding a top tier wide, uh, not even a number one wide receiver. Not even Nukes. I don't think a top ten guy anymore. But like a true number one, he still is. Absolutely. And and it's only going to cost probably a third. Cardinals are asking for a second. No one's biting, so it'll probably only cost a third. And you see all these moves that are happening. Jalen Ramsey, we want a first round pick. You got a third. Brandon Cook, we want a second round pick. You got a fifth. Amari Cooper, we want this. You got a fifth. So all of these alleged. Big time players that are going for a high value. Teams have to be real, and it's funny because like <laughs> you look at the reports, like Chris said two three weeks ago. Oh, the Cardinals want a second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. They're not going to budge. You see the reports this week or today. The Cardinals are willing to be more flexible, and they realize they can't get a second round pick. I'm like, well, duh. You're not in position. <laughs> well, it's like it's funny about leverage because DeAndre Hopkins' situation for Chiefs fans who don't know. It's kind of unique because this time last year, he had a no-trade clause in his contract, like me and Chris talked about off-air. So this, if we he still had that no-trade clause, DeAndre Hopkins could try to force his way to Kansas City or to a contender to a place he wants to be. But now, after he obviously got suspended with the PED situation and obviously had to miss the six games, that no-trade clause has been removed from his contract. So now, if he wants to get traded, he's going to have to work with the front office to obviously make the situation work for them and for the team that's obviously putting in the uh, trade requests for DeAndre Hopkins. But obviously DeAndre is a, is a, is a, um, 
known around the league as a good guy. He's obviously never been disrespectful, never been a locker room issue. Coaches love him. Teammates love him. Every team he's been on, everybody always respects him, as not only as a player but as a man. So I would think, Chris, that the Cardinals would grant his wishes and do something respectful for his career because he's done right by them. He's taken a little bit less money when he came to Arizona to try to help them compete for a championship. Obviously, that didn't work out with the Kyler Murray injury in their situation. But as of right now, DeAndre Hopkins is a Hall of Famer in my eyes. So if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, the last thing I need to do to add to my resume would be get a cha- getting a championship. And we all know coming to Kansas City guarantees him that opportunity to go do so. So if I'm the Cardinals, why wouldn't I do right by one of my best players who's been a great representation for my organization on and off the field, who's worked hard, buses behind to help us win? Why wouldn't we do right by him and send him to a place where he wants to go and somewhere he wants to finish his career? Yeah, and like the thing is too, for the money situation there, what is it? Two two years, thirty four mil left, so seventeen yeah, mil years. a year. So some money would have to be moved. Some you have to cut some of that for sure. Some cap sure. would have to be uh, turned into signing bonuses. You may be cap casualty or two. I don't know exactly who that would be, but um, some things are going to have to be done in order Absolutely. to make this financially possible, Absolutely. which is, I think is really the only roadblock left. And I mean, if you look at Dallas, they did that because Brandon Cook's cap hit this year was 18 mil. And what did the uh, – He got taking, down to like five or something like exactly. that. They cut, they cut off – I think they cut off like six or seven mil of that and cut it down all the way. So if you're – it's funny. I retweeted that tweet and I sent it to our group chat of Chiefs fans. I was like, Arizona, take notes. You see how they just right, traded right. this guy? And all the day ate up some of the cap. That's how you do right by players. So if you're Arizona, they come to grips saying they know they're not going to get a second-round pick. So we know that's a reality for them. They're going to have to move them for something less. So I'm thinking – me and Chris have said it the whole time. I'm saying fourth round, at the most maybe a third. But I think as of today, if Brandon Cooks is going for a fifth and Jalen Ramsey is going for a third, a fourth-round pick is good enough in my opinion. And, Chris, you know what? I'll even throw in Clyde Everett-Dillard. If you want me to feel good about it. I forgot. I forgot about Clyde. Like six, uh, that'd be five. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's how irrelevant he's become. See, I'm going to be real with you, man. Because we just talked through all this roster and how it's constructed with these picks. If they're going to eat a bunch of the cap, give them the second. Like I'm being real with you. Like some years you need that second round pick. I don't think that will. Like I think again, the Cardinals are going to be moving off. But like that's where I'm at with the Chiefs, man. If the Cardinals are going to be like, hey, we'll eat more of this cap. The Chiefs are in a position to where they can give up a second for a 32-year-old wide receiver. You bring in DeAndre Hopkins to this roster. Yeah. You don't want to give up a second-round pick. You shouldn't have to. But like Chris said, if if we woke up There tomorrow, was a year. If there was a year to do it with the way like, the roster If we woke up built. tomorrow and they said DeAndre Hopkins is a Kansas City Chief and we moved him for a second-round pick, but the Cardinals ate up that 17 mil, capped it, and cut it down to like nine. I'm signing up for that every day of the week. I know people will be upset for the short term because they want that second round pick on day like two. The picks. You're not going to be mad. With picks. We'll be in February holding up another trophy, and me and Chris are going to be in front of Union Station screaming our heads off. So you, you'll be mad now for like you'll be mad. And I was like, Chris, the people that'll be upset and all the the wannabe Twitter GMs and the guys that are so called experts of these draft mocks, you'll be mad for about a whole thirty seconds, and mm-hmm. then you'll realize we just got DeAndre Hopkins and Travis Kelsey on the same offense with the best quarterback in football. What do you think is going to happen? Dude, and what's crazy too is you guys like I feel like there's a misconception too that DeAndre Hopkins is like a big deep go. He can go up and get it. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a a go get it receiver. He can run the route tree. He, he can run those underneath routes. He can run very similar routes to what Juju did. Absolutely. At a higher clip. At a higher clip. While Absolutely. 
while still being such a focus on, like, let's be real, like Juju was great and all, he wasn't getting the D Hop was going to still get more attention Absolutely. just from name, like, like that will just let's be, be real, like, that, like that's a real thing that defensive quarters do. That you see DeAndre Hopkins tape even in limited time with bad quarterback play, he was still what eight hundred yards receiving in in ten games right. last year. Like he's a solid guy. You know who that opens it up for? MVS. If they're not winning last, last year, the only yeah, the last year the only person you were worried about going deep was was MVS. This year, you add D Hop. Don't even ask him to go deep, but they're going to have it in the back of their mind. Absolutely makes MVS better. What you said makes KT better, which makes Sky more better. Like it helps everyone. It just takes pressure. Oh, off and by the way, oh by the way, who's who's still running routes or <laughs> the best route runner in the NFL? Travis Kelsey. Big. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it makes too much sense from a football standpoint like chris said I, i'm on board i've been on board ever since i heard the rumors and obviously we've all seen the craziness that's been going on if you've been on twitter this week we got pat mahomes out here liking tweets about des Bryant and other reporters and other analysts saying that the chiefs have been in conversations with obviously deandre hopkins and odell beckham jr which chris mentioned earlier and there's a report that came out today we're recording this episode on wednesday that uh, Albert Breer, one of the more respected guys in the NFL as far as reporting, said that the Chiefs have been in talks with Odell and DeAndre Hopkins, and the only thing standing in their way, like Chris said, is the money. And obviously yeah. there's – Odell is claiming that the, the 15 to 20 mil report that came out wasn't true. He said he didn't ask for that, but he also said four mil is not enough know. either. So somebody offered him four mil. I'm not saying it was us. Somebody – it could have been us. It could have been Dallas. It could have been Baltimore. I don't know who it was. Somebody offered him a $4 million deal, and he said no. So obviously yeah. players want to be respected. They obviously want to be appreciated where they go. But like Chris, one thing I would tell a lot of these guys, reality is often disappointing. You may want to bring in bringing the Thanos into it, man. Thanos, Shout out to Marvel. <laughs> but like you have to be realistic with your expectations of what you want to do in this league, especially when you have to realize the, the circumstance that you're in right now. Odell Beckham Jr., you're a 30-year-old receiver with two ACLs on the same knee, and you didn't play a single football snap last year. You're not in a position really to negotiate money because nobody really needs you. They will, Like I said, this is go back to my point earlier, I want Odell Beckham Jr. on this roster. We don't need Odell Beckham Jr. on this roster. Those are two different statements. Same thing with DeAndre Hopkins. I want him here, but I'm not willing to eat up that cap hit and give you a high draft pick just to get him into the building. You have to be flexible and work with us like chris said and reports have came out that arizona realizes that hey we're gonna have to either eat up some of this cap or take a lower draft kit or lower draft pick to get him out the building and most scenarios you're gonna have to do both because you're gonna have to have a team like hey you're gonna work with us we'll work with you so um i think one of those guys could take this offense to the next level obviously i prefer deandre hopkins like chris said but if either one of these guys come into our locker room this offense immediately takes off just because it it just gives – we just need a guy just to relieve everyone, to give everyone that pressure off, just to help him out to get two or three catches a game, finish the year with seven, 600 yards, maybe seven, six touchdowns. It just makes everyone else's job so much easier because either one of those guys, Chris, we're not going to depend on them to be our whole offense. Right. You just got to come in and be a part of the crew. That's all yeah. we're going to ask you to do. Just come in and do your thing, man. Yeah. I mean – and when you and then when you look at the roster, there's only three wide receiver signs. It's like so it kinda happens, something's yeah. gotta happen. You can't just bring in three Justin Watsons to fill out or and rely on Justin Ross and uh, John Ross. We got John the Ross. Ross. Yeah, the two Ross, two Ross receivers, not related, but 
Yeah, you got to bring in someone. You got to bring in someone. Hey, I, it, I don't it, even like the know, Justin man. Ross talk. Like it happens great, but I'm not going to entertain it until there's some. Uh, there's some. I'm, there's I'm some the same way with Dion. Right. I want him here, but I'm not going to be on my phone like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'll be. I'm of the mindset, Chris. I've seen. I've told a lot of my friends this. Some people think we need a veteran to come into this receiver no. room. I think we would be fine if we drafted a rookie receiver. I think we would be just as good. That's just my opinion. I just um, don't know what if you're going to get what you need at 31. Yeah, exactly. Just like who's the guy do you really want? There's a couple of guys I really like in this draft that could be good, and obviously it would be a much of a learning curve for any receiver that right, plays rookies. in Andy Reid's um, offense. As we know how that's known to go down, but I'm really I have faith to have a big jump this year from Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. Honestly. I expect those guys to take on a bigger role. I expect MVS to be better in this offense. I expect Trav to still be Trav. Noah Gray to take another step in this offense. We brought back Jody Forson. Um, hopefully, in um, free agency, we can bring back Jeff McKinnon on an available deal. So we can have the whole crew come back together. If we want to add a piece like a DeAndre Hopkins, like if you're DeAndre Hopkins, why would you want to come here? Right. I mean, yeah, it have time to say right now, but yeah. It makes yeah. Sense. It's, it's a lot. It's something still to monitor. Um, any other free agency, any inklings or talk you want to get into or we kind of, we kind of went through it. all. <laughs> did. There's some other guys. I mean, there's some, I've had some sleeper picks. Obviously we know the Cleveland Browns traded for Elijah Moore today from the New York Jets. And we know, um, uh, Veach has been known to go after younger, um, productive players that are obviously at the end of their deal. So obviously we could, um, there's a guy on the Cleveland Browns roster, Donovan Peoples-Jones. My name to yeah. keep an eye out for. If there was something out of the park, out of left field, like, oh, I haven't heard that name all week or all month, and he comes out of nowhere and, and suddenly he was available, that's a guy I would think that would be nice. Um, a guy I would definitely love for them to trade for. I don't see it happening. I'm just giving out, like, emergency situations that stuff we don't see coming. Brandon Ayuk from the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I don't see I, them I just can't them, but see it happening, man. I, I don't can't. see it either, but I'm just thinking just thinking of scenarios. Like, hey, right, he's on right, the market. Right. He's, his contract's ending. You got to pay Nick Bosa next summer. Debo just got paid. Uh, you can't pay everybody, so yeah, it's like yes. It's just I'm just thinking of guys that are named just to keep a name out for. But obviously, the main ones we're looking at right now are DJ Chark, R. Odell Beckham Jr., and DeAndre Hopkins. So yeah. those are the three big ones that we're definitely keeping our eyes on. As of March 22nd, as of March 23rd, the whole thing may have changed. May have changed. You know. <laughs> hey, we don't know what V just cooking up. That's why I'm giving out ideas. And hey, maybe V just listening to our spaces. Maybe he's listening to our pods and. Hey, if he is, Veach, I appreciate you, man. Keep doing it. There we go. Doing. I appreciate you too. But uh well, see, I think we were gonna get into some draft, but what do you think about, you know, as we're getting closer, letting a few more names build, or, or were you just itching so bad that you wanted to wanted to get into it tonight? Uh I'll, I'll probably give some people more on the next pod. We've I gotta, we gotta get it back in the groove. Dude, the next one's gonna be the next one's gonna be a quick unless unless it's D Hop, which we may spend more time on, it's gonna be a quick recap on on any other moves and then it's going to be draft. It's going to, and I'm, and, and CJ is the man on that. He's going to have his guy. He's going to have his picks. He's going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell him who haven't done an ounce of research, how wrong he is. That's going to be my <laughs> role. That's going to be my role. In like about two or that three guy has no I just looked him up while you're talking about him and I see nothing, nothing. <laughs> no, no, but it'll be fun. Especially, you know, it's gonna be in Kansas City. It's gonna be a blast. Like you got all these picks. We got, got the NCAA tournament this weekend. If you guys are out, oh, I man, would Texas Xavier is gonna be fun. 
Houston, Miami is going to be a game. Man. I got to do this Sunday, so I'll be out there. For Ooh, nice. Nice. Good for you, man. Good for hey, you. Prices drop, man. Once they figured out KU wasn't in the Midwest. <laughs> the <price laughs> right, got, right, right. I'm sure. It'll be like 185. The tickets were only 85. So that one dropped off. So. Well, you enjoy your time out there, man. I'll be watching on TV, but uh, I'm excited. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff hey, going on. As we wrap this up, where can the good people find you, my friend? They can definitely find me on Twitter at CGZ81. That's C-J-E-E-Z-Y-81. Um, my DMs are open if you guys want to talk mock drafts, you want to talk the actual draft. If you need advice on hotels or any food spots you want to try when you come into Kansas City, I'm trying to get as many fans of my friends who are fans of other teams, which I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm showing hospitality, Chris. Ooh, All my friends who love the, the green team we just beat in the Super Bowl or even the orange team that we beat in the AFC Championship. Not trying to name any names. We, we don't take <laughs> shots here. If you want to come to Kansas City and you need advice on where to stay, where to eat or whatever, you, attractions, hit me up. I'll got you. I'll be your tour guide. Jesus Christ, that sounds like a bad term. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm super excited for the draft, like Chris said. Um, I love interacting with fans. I love talking to you guys. I love – I talk Chris's head off every day. I know he probably <laughs> like, probably doesn't like that I do this, but – I love talking to Chris. I love talking to Chiefs Kingdom, man. This is I talk football all day. So if we got paid to do this, it would be like the same thing we're doing right now. So I can't wait to see everyone at the draft. I'm so, so excited. And news today, I heard that uh Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey are doing their show. Yeah, I heard that too. Kansas City Music Hall on that Wednesday before the day before the first round. So that's another event going on. So if if you can and you have the ability and the funds, I would highly, highly advise you to get down to Kansas City for the draft. It's gonna be a fun, fun week, man. A lot of people are coming in town for sure, Chris. Yeah, and if you're an out-of-towner and aren't a Chiefs fan, you can hit me up, too, and I'll give you a real good spot to watch the draft from close to my house. I live in in Oklahoma, for those of you who don't know, so that would be real good. Real real nice and close spot for the draft, no. But, um, CJ, I always enjoy talking to you, man, too, so never apologize for talking my head off because I do the exact same thing. So you can find me on Twitter at 10penny88. I warned this, but now it's true. Anyone who actually has followed me, they may have unfollowed me now because I've I've made that switch. I've made that mental switch to baseball. I apologize in advance, but, uh, you know, hey, the World Baseball Classic was too much fun. We still throw an NFL, a little NFL in there too. And also make sure to follow the Aftermath Twitter account. That's where always the Chiefs content is at. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next time. Go Chiefs.